these are aspects of temperament. And so temperament is that part that is nature as opposed to nurture. So all these things are aspects of our total personality, plus the fact that we're always free, um, as we know as Catholics, we're always free to respond to God's grace. Hello and welcome to the Catholic Homeschool Podcast. I am your host, Paula Siskanik, and today's guest is Lorraine Bennett. And I am so excited for this because, you know, it's something very close to my heart and you'll hear me talk about very often, but it's, do our children and do we come into this world a blank slate just to fill up? Or maybe we have predetermined tendencies or things that God has planted in our hearts to give him the glory. We're going to dive deep into the temperaments that God gave you. Hello, Lorraine. How are you? So glad to have you here. Hi, thank you so much for having me on your podcast, your show. Thank you. <laughs> so good to have you here. I, I, I was telling you know, before we went live, we said this is like a meaty subject, you know, because uh, we've done podcasts, Lorraine, before on educational philosophies, on learning styles, teaching mm -hmm. styles, and now we're going to be talking about temperaments. So I really want us, I want, and I know that you'll be able to unpack for us, you know, those personality things that we keep coming up against and understand, you know, why are my kids behaving that way? Or <laughs> why is my spouse behaving that way? <laughs> Yeah. But before we dive in, let me get, you know, housekeeping here. I'm going to say a bio for those of you who do not know Lorraine. Lorraine Bennett has a master's degree in philosophy and has co-authored six books with her husband, Art. She wrote The Temperament God Gave You, The Temperament God Gave Your Kids, and The Temperament God Gave Your Spouse, amongst others. Also, one solo book, A Year of Grace. 365 Reflections for Caregivers, and a little sneak peek here to a game that we're going to talk about as well. A game, yay! <laughs> so today, Lorraine, let's talk about um, temperaments. You know, let's just get right to it. What exactly is a temperament? Oh, well, that's a great question. A great place to start, too. Um, well, so the important thing that we like to, to state at the outset in our books, you know, is, is that temperament is not the whole of our personality. So um, we're not trying to put people in boxes, you know, and say, you're stuck with this. This is it for you. Your whole personality boils down to this temperament. No, temperament is actually that part of our personality that we say is God's gift to us um, to kind of kickstart our personalities. So every baby has a little budding personality as anybody who's a mom knows, you know, they're, they're different, you know, <laughs> some babies are super chill, very easygoing. Other babies are intense and anxious and they cry, you know, and they get overloaded. Well, all these are aspects of temperament. And so temperament is that part that is nature um, that as opposed to nurture. So in our total personality, there's also, um, you know, so many other factors like 
you know, our culture, like our family of origin, where we, you know, where we were educated, how many siblings did we have, you know, all these things, you know, our birth order even. Um, so all these things are aspects of our total personality, plus the fact that we're always free, um, as we know as Catholics, we're always free to respond to God's grace. So we're not like determined by our temperament or determined by our culture, let's say, or our environment or anything like that, we can always respond in the way that God is calling us to. And we hope, of course, to grow in holiness, you know. <laughs> but anyway, it's the, the idea is, though, that if we know what our temperament is, we actually have kind of a clue as to already what our strengths and weaknesses are. So that's why it's so useful to know, and especially for homeschoolers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love the One of those things uh, I always say to our homeschool families here is like, you're not perfect and your children have free will, you know, because yeah. we think, right. you know, we can impose a curriculum or a design oh, yeah. on them. And meanwhile, you're like, why is it? Or even we'll buy something. It works for one child, but it doesn't work for another. Oh, so, so true. Uh, yeah. So how does that um, actual those, you know, well, I know for example, there are all sorts of personality quizzes out there and this and that. And Lorraine, how, give me a little background. Like, how did you actually come up with, where did it come from? And I know there's four, if I'm not mistaken, four classical temperaments. You, um, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, well, so good question because, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, kind of going back to what, how we got, uh, started in it, we actually, read, uh, well, of course, my husband is a, a marriage and family therapist, so he kind of knew about personalities and temperaments and things like that. But then we stumbled across this really old and really teeny tiny book written by, in 1930, by Father Conrad Hawk. And it was on the four classic temperaments going all the way back to the ancient Greeks. Um, so the, that's why we have the kind of the strange names. So they're choleric or choleric. Some people say, um, phlegmatic, melancholic, and sanguine. And, um, and that's what I think Hippocrates himself maybe named the, <laughs> was the one who came up with those names. And, and we don't, and, and like contemporary psychologists, you know, they're not necessarily going to talk about the temperament in those terms. But we decided because there was this long history um, in our Catholic faith, uh, going way back, you know, back to the Middle Ages even, of saints and, um, and popes even, and spiritual writers writing about temperament in these, using these four classic uh, names. And they even used it originally like going back to this 1930s book that we stumbled across, um, they used it in spiritual direction. So maybe in formation of priests originally, or maybe monks, you know, who knows? And um, so, yeah, so we found this book and we were like, wow, this is brilliant. And there wasn't anything, you know, in like for contemporary parents, you know, up to, you know, for, for us, you know, to, to learn about either ourselves or our spouses or our kids. And so that's why we ended up, you know, writing about temperaments and we did a ton of research and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, so that's how, how, how we it came to be. Yeah. So yeah. it's ancient wisdom. You yeah. know, I love the fact that you're saying, you know, it's really layering in, I think the difference here, you know, yeah. because again, there's all these different personalities, things, 
it's where does God play? You know, where is he playing that role within that temperament? Oh, and yeah. Understanding of it. Well, and he made each of us different and unique, you know, but he also started us off with what we say is, you know, God's gift to us. And we we aren't all the same. And that's the thing that's so interesting. Like when you, um, I, I think it's maybe original sin, you know, human nature, that a lot of times we tend to assume that other people should respond the same way we respond. And then when they don't, we judge them harshly. You know, <laughs> right, right. Well, I love, I know when you gave a talk, you know, one of the things, of course, and parents who are listening to this can relate to how, you know, we relate to our spouse, <laughs> you know, but also to our children. And just we're sometimes so flummoxed, you know, like, why are they even behaving that way? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So let's go through the four. Give me, you know, I know uh, we'll talk about where people can combine resources and all, but. Kind of a nutshell. Yeah, what the, the yeah, yeah, exactly. And keep in mind that most people are have a like a one primary, a predominant temperament, and maybe a secondary temperament. That's what we we think. Um, but anyway, so choleric or choleric, that's your kind of type A personality, the natural born leader. Um, they love to take charge. They also don't have to know anything about what they're doing in order to take charge. <laughs> they just dive right in, you know, <laughs> full of confidence, um, very driven to follow through, very goal oriented, uh, very, you know, persevering and that sort of thing. And, uh, and then the exact opposite of that temperament is the phlegmatic. So where the choleric is like, hard driving and wants to take charge. The phlegmatic is like very easygoing, very peaceful, very, they're lovable. Like you just love to be around the phlegmatic because they're just so, they're just so easygoing and so chill, you know, and, but they don't want to take charge. They can be excellent leaders. Like we say, they would be the best leaders. They can be servant leaders, you know, but they have to be encouraged to take charge. So they're not, you know, they're just not naturally inclined to take charge. They'd rather just fit in, you know, and just have everybody going along very smoothly. You know, the cholerics over here arguing and debating and, you know, taking charge. And then the phlegmatic just wants to have a very easygoing, you know, just very smooth flowing relationships with everybody. Um, and then there's the sanguine. And the sanguine is your classic people person. So they're the most extroverted of all the temperaments. And they just love to be around people. They're very active, very out, very, well, I said outgoing. Um, they're very um, sociable. They just love to try and take on new New, new ideas, new, new activities all the time. In fact, they're kind of like butterflies that flit from flower to flower, you know, and then they, they have very quick, intense reactions, but they also have, they are not long lived reactions. So they tend to be forgetful at the same time. And this is all part of their natural temperament. Um, so they might, if you have a sanguine child, he's, you know, running out the door and he forgot his books or he forgot his sports equipment or and he has come running back in to get the things he forgot and then gets distracted along the way and starts to play a game. <laughs> so these are, you know, kind of natural inclinations they have. And then the, uh, the last type is the melancholic. And that is the most introverted of all the temperaments. So very intro introspective, 
very introverted, very, they tend to be very artistic. Um, they have intense reactions, but they don't necessarily show other people their reactions. They're very inward. Um, they are very detail oriented, very, a lot of attention to detail. They're very precise. They follow the rules. Um, they have very high ideals. Uh, in fact, it's said about the melancholic that they so long for heaven that everything on earth falls short, <laughs> meaning they can be easily disappointed with other people because they're or, or activities or things or whatever, because it's not measuring up to their ideal. Um, and they also are, can fall prey to worry because they can foresee all the future obstacles, you know, that might be. Uh, potentially happening with whatever, you know, plan of action they're taking. <laughs> so uh, they are just, you know, delightful, tend to be very artistic, um, musically inclined, uh, thoughtful, sensitive, very sensitive people. So that's kind of the four in a nutshell. <laughs> yes. Yes. So how in particular, understanding those temperaments, and then you'd said, you're going to have a dominant one. Then yeah. And so is probably a secondary underlying one. I know you did mention introvert, extrovert. How, yeah. Just for our folks here, yeah. it's not always like that That too clear cut. How would you define those, Lorraine? Yeah, that's a good question because um, a lot of people will say, well, you know, I'm, you know, I, I love people. You know, it's not like I don't like people. No, it's inter an introverted person means that they, they tend to get their energy from being um, uh, not alone, but they need to they need to have that time to recover. If they were, let's say, very sociable, they went to a party or whatever, um, then they need to recover. It, you know, so so like when, uh, if you have a melancholic child, um, you wouldn't like necessarily send them out to play with you know ten new kids they've never met before and just say, okay, bye, have fun, you know, drop them off there in, in the middle of a wild party. No, you know, they they would need a little time to adjust. They might be slow to warm up. Um, and then afterwards, after they've played or whatever, then they might want, need to come back and, you know, have a have some quiet time, read a book or something like that. Whereas the extrovert actually gains energy, like the more the more sociable activities they have, the more activities they have, the more they are energized and they just keep on. They can just, they, they feel kind of like, like frustrated and, and something is amiss if they don't have enough activities going on. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's interesting. Oh. I had a little, one of my son who would always wake up in the morning and just say, so where are we going today? What are we doing? Exactly. Like, <laughs> and his feet hit the floor. <laughs> oh Yeah. And, and so you can see right now how um, when you're homeschooling, you can, you, can, you can kind of see that one size fits all doesn't necessarily work if you have, if you have many kids, as most homeschoolers do. <laughs> you know, you're going to have to like kind of tailor the, the curriculum. <laughs> yeah. So I know you said you homeschooled for some time with your children yeah. as well. And, and how many children do you have, Lorraine? So we I, four kids and they're all grown up now. They're adults and they all are married and they all have kids. <laughs> so so great. So you've seen it all played out. I know I have yeah. seven and four. You know, three of mine are married, and I love seeing this next. You know, the next playing out. Oh, yeah. And and I think you know some of the things I've seen as the fruits of that is because we've homeschooled and we have the time 
to observe our children in their learning processes. I see it now playing out in their ability to observe their own children and define things. Oh, absolutely. I think that's a really good point. And it's it's so beautiful too, isn't it? To see your your own, your, your own children's children. It's amazing. Um, you know, it's, it's actually mind boggling. <laughs> that's even possible. Cause I still remember them when they yeah. were. Yes. <laughs> so much of what you said also, you know, plays into, for example, just um, one is in just choosing curriculum, but also choosing the, the learning environment, would you right. say, as yeah, well yeah, as exactly. just our yeah, expectations. Exactly. That's a really good point because it's not like you have to have, you know, a new curriculum for each child or something that would be you know, not cost effective, right. <laughs> you know, but we would we would kind of tailor um, depending on the personality. So like you take your sanguine, they're going to be they're going to need a lot of activities, you know, um, and also just knowing what their temperament is. Um, you'll also have a clue to what is going to be maybe a, a weakness in that, you know, like what is a potential problem area. And then you can kind of foresee those obstacles and kind of prevent it. So um, ideally, anyway, <laughs> so for example, let's take the sanguine. Well, I like to say like, get, what are t- um, self-knowledge is one of those beautiful benefits of homeschooling, yeah. you know, giving our children the time for self-knowledge. So what are some ways we can help that? With yeah. Well, like, for example, I, I was going to take the sanguine as an example. Um, you know, because as I mentioned, they, they tend to be, you know, very active and, and it's one, one way you can, you can engage them very easily because they love their, their people, people, persons, you know, so you can, they're, if you do something with them or you engage them in a fun activity, you know, you could have the science projects going and all that kind of stuff. They're going to love that, but there may be something that is a weakness for them um, is, is going to be perseverance. So, they, they have trouble sticking with or even um, sometimes breaking down. You know, they have a, a, a project due in, you know, a month or something or a big project. They, they might need help breaking it down into manageable chunks that they can conquer, you know. Um, so that would be an example. Once you know the temperament, you can actually foresee that obstacle for that one. And um, another one might be like the choleric, let's see, you know, they, they would be, um, they, they like to just knock things off, you know, it's like, check this off my list, you know, okay, write an essay, it's done, I've finished it. But they may not have ever like, you know, check their is you can't just turn in your rough draft you know what I mean it's like they might need to take a little time to go over it and you know uh let's do a second draft you know they don't like that they wanted to knock it off you know on to the next subject you know I want to get all my work done in the shortest amount of time or whatever but they need to also know how to you know to do that do their work well let's say or um these are all kind of useful little little tips, you know, that you can learn when you, when you know their, their temperament. And also an interesting um, aspect of this is the, the parent's temperament. So the parent and the child mixing, because it's very useful to know what your own temperament is because, um, so for example, let's say you are a, a, a melancholic parent who's very detail oriented, very quiet, very thoughtful, very, you know, attention to detail and does all her work beautifully. And then let's say you had a sanguine child and you might be thinking, 
as a parent, you might be thinking, what's wrong with that child? Or, or am I doing something wrong? How? Well, you know, but no, it may not be anything. There may not be anything wrong with your child and you may not be doing anything wrong, but you just need to realize that this child is very different from you. And so may, you know, they're not just going to, the melancholic child, you could just, here's your, here's your task. You know, I need you to do a research paper on such and such. And they're off and running and they're just, they're working hard and they're, they're being very careful and they're, you know, but the sanguine is distractible. So they might need help in that regard. (laughs) So there's this part, I'm hearing you say that our own ability to recognize our own uh, personalities has an effect in terms of what we expect from our children also. And as well as for our children to have the self-knowledge enough to say, even in just life skills and preparing them for when we launch them into the world, you know, so around, you know, is there, it seems to me in a home environment, it's very natural for us to do this. I'm sure even siblings, how do they get along with each other? Oh yeah. When do we start talking about temperament? You know, is this something that, that we want to like with our teenagers or younger, when, when do we start giving them that education as well? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, actually, it's funny because we started talking about it, you know, and our kids were probably too young, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to like, um, but I think they really start understanding maybe in middle school, I would say, is is when they can understand. Um, I used to do uh, every once in a while, do a little class at our kids. Um, so we did, we homeschooled for about 10 years, but then we sent our kids to um, a very small Catholic school that started with seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't all begin at seventh grade, but anyway, um, the seventh graders, uh, I used to every once in a while stop in, in the classroom and we would, uh, I was at like a guest <laughs> a guest speaker on temperament, you know, yeah. and it was cute because they, they sometimes struggled to really see the difference between um, something that is kind of natural to your, to you versus something that's in your environment. So that, that's something that, that takes a little while to figure out, but you know, that probably in, in our game, we have ages 12 and up, but we even played it with, um, our nine-year-old grandson. So, um, you know, you have a smart nine-year-old, you can play the game. (laughs) Right. But in terms of being able to, so it's also, I see it's in usage, you know, it's like anything else, building habits take time. So I'd like to talk about virtue. You know, one of the things you mentioned were the saints, you know, maybe some examples of some personality, some saints, but how do we help our children grow in virtue? Oh, yeah. Well, see, that's also where temperament does come in handy, because once you know what the, what your child's temperament is, you kind of know already what their natural strengths are going to be, which could even be called natural virtues, um, and their natural weaknesses. And then the opposite virtue would be what you want to focus on, <laughs> you know. So, um, and 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 there's ways to really encourage them to grow in these virtues. Um, that's age appropriate too. Um, so for example, um, the choleric, uh, child is, has this tendency to argue and debate and they're very stubborn and they can be very strong-willed, you know, so they can be kind of difficult at times, um, especially in their reactions. 
And, and so one of the things we would encourage them to grow in the virtue of humility or docility, also um, empathy is another virtue that they, they could use patience. Um, and so there's little ways you could, you could help them. You could, you could teach them to not to respond so angrily, for example, when they're sibling, you know, is, is frustrating them or not to say, I already did that work when you're, you've asked them to do something, I already did it. You know, <laughs> you can ask them to respond in, in a more respectful tone. You know, you can work on that. You can ask them if they're older, if they have younger siblings, you can ask them to help their younger siblings. And that way they will grow in patience and they will also be um, more, become more empathic. Um, and then, so for the phlegmatic, we didn't talk uh, enough about the phlegmatic. Phlegmatic seems like, oh, this is your wonder child, right? <laughs> you know, they're so peaceful and easygoing and you ask them to do, they, they do their work. You know, they're just like, they just, they're, you know, they're kind of like, you just get them started and here's your worksheets and they fill them all out dutifully. But they, they can also be so easygoing that they're not, that they don't um, really think about what their own goals are in life, their own, um, what, are, what things really matter to them. They might be just so getting along, you know, just willing to fit in that they're not really pondering some of the more difficult questions, you know, about life. And so, you know, psychology wise too, you know, you become more of like a codependent in a way, you know, right. some of these things you can see, I was like how there's this, uh, another Sophia Press book, uh, Victory Over Vice that Fulton Sheen does. And it's like our, our virtues, you know, are boring. They can also be our vices. This kind of like double-edged yeah. sword. So, no, that's really true. So true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so our ability to help them, as I say, launch them into the world with this. Yes. I think, A, you know, you're bringing in the fact that, you know, our children can start to seed and play naturally, even at a young age. But mm -hmm. I don't think we give our teenagers enough credit to say they really do want to do noble things. Oh, yes. Virtuous. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. And there's just so many ways we can encourage that the growth in virtue. Just starting when they don't wait until they're teenagers, you know, start when they're really young, you know, with the small tasks that they can do um, and then connect it to uh, to the virtue that you're trying to to help them work on. Well, I know I had listened to a talk that you and Art gave um, some time ago, a couple of years ago, and I think it was at the end, he mentioned that one of the saints had talked about, you know, well, God, why didn't you give us all yeah. the temperaments, you know? Yeah. What is right. it? All the natural virtues. That's right. Yeah. St. Yeah. Catherine. Yeah. Right. And and he told her, he, he replied, he said, uh, because then I'm... I, you would not be charitable. Like you would not grow in charity. We have to know that we need other people. And by recognizing that we all have strengths and weaknesses, we become, we're, we're kind of like more team players then, you know, we realize that, that I can depend on, you know, this other member of my family to help me out in, in different situations or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. And like all the beautiful flowers in God's exactly. garden, but it's also that dependence on God. Mm -hmm. and I know, you know, there's things I, I, for a long time, I, I wished away my worrying. Oh yeah. And at some point, a spiritual director says to me, he's like, Pella, it's, it's in your genes. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you can't get rid of it. 
yeah, look at it as a blessing. And it's like, of course, it's it's one of the my go-to with God is exactly, my exactly, exactly. And like Saint Jerome, for example, he was notorious for having a very difficult temperament. Um, he was very critical and argumentative and all this kind of stuff. And uh, he, I think, he sent himself away to the to to um, to be a hermit, you know. <laughs> but then he, but because he so many clashes with so many people, but um, but he ended up doing his greatest work you know, um, translating the Bible. So, yeah. So out of our temperament, God wants us to do something beautiful for him, you know, and for the world, I guess, (laughs) other people and for God. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with you. (laughs) So great. Well, I know again, one of the tendencies is for us to label things. I just want you to speak a little bit about that, you know, Again, the temperaments, how is the best way to use them? And then um, tell us where we can learn more deeply about that, you know, and and get more information because this is just really kind of scratching the surface, isn't it? Right, right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Again, I can't emphasize enough. We're not we're not trying to put people in boxes or label people. Um, And the, the goal really is to kind of be understanding and accepting of our own temperament. And also understanding and accepting and forgiving of other people. And once you realize that something is a temperament issue, that it's God's gift to them, you automatically are already more understanding and forgiving of them. You're not harshly criticizing them for something they can't really help but respond in that way, you know. And yet we can also, we never stay stuck in there because the whole goal is to become more Christ-like, to follow Christ, to grow in virtue to hopefully grow in holiness. And to do that, we need to learn how to respond in the most appropriate way, in the most prudent way. Um, And we need to teach our kids that as well. So you don't just always react in the way that your temperament might dictate because the reaction is just kind of hardwired into us, but it's not always the, the correct, the most prudent, the most virtuous choice. You know, like I struggle necessarily in the sense that, so like, can we change some of that? Or is it more that we can just understand ourselves better? I think it's that we really try to grow in virtue Mm -hmm. and, and we take on that. We know that we have this tendency, but we don't just sit there. So like, I'm, I've always been like, I'm also a cleric. So I, I've struggled with being very impulsively responding to something out of anger, you know, and um, many times I very inappropriately responded in a work situation, like arguing with my boss. What kind of a, what, what, you know, what a knucklehead, really, (laughs) you know, (laughs) why would I do that? So I had to like call myself to test, like, you know, you need to learn how to respond. Don't just knee-jerk reaction, which is what I was doing, you know, like, why would I do that? You know, I do need to keep my job. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so I had to like really learn some skills of, of, you know, like count to 10 or just whatever it is, take a deep breath, you know, and, you know, think kind thoughts about my, my boss, you know, say, pray for my boss. Like there were so many things that I could do, but so there's so many things you could do to try to grow in virtue. And it's never really 
like my temperament has not changed. It's, I still have that tendency, but I am slowly, slowly getting a little bit better at my reaction. Yeah, I love how you say that, Lorraine, because we are pilgrims on this journey and our call to holiness. And so we're not like, this isn't perfect. We're not going to answer all our kids' right. needs perfectly. But like you said, you know, asking God, infusing God's grace into this yeah. whole equation. Yes. He'll just. Right. Exactly. Going to confession frequently, <laughs> whatever you can do. Yeah. Mass every day if you can. <laughs> so, Lorraine, before we start with uh, wrapping this up, show us some of the books again. I know I asked you if you have a few handing there. the benefits of each one. So that one's more like the general book. Can you see that? That's the yep. first book. Uh, the Temperament God Gave You, you can find it at Sophia Institute. Um, and then there's The Temperament God Gave Your Spouse, also at Sophia. And then this one you could get on Amazon, The Temperament God Gave Your Kids, because uh, different publisher, um, How to Motivate, Discipline, and Love Your Children. And it's actually a really quick read. So this one is like very useful for homeschooling parents, I would say. And There's, would you have to read the first one to get? No, no, okay. no. I think you Stay could read this one all by itself. Or, I mean, if you wanted to read, this one's a big one. I don't know if you can see. It's kind of yeah, fat. <laughs> it's good. And like you said, there's this journey ourselves. We're pilgrims. Yeah. So we need to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get ourselves yeah. together. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the game too. Did, yeah, so I was going to say. to show it? Oh, you have it. There you go. Yeah. And so game, know thyself, which yeah. is awesome. It's, um, you know, I love it because there's nothing like learning in fun. Come on, yeah. really. You know, so it does come yeah. with these cards, which give you the little cheat sheets in there. Yeah. I kind of like to think it's kind of like a apples to apples kind of game almost. exactly you play it that's exactly it cards yeah you gotta shuffle the around the table yep yep so here's some cards yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> so then you're you're going around the table and just yeah. everybody has to put what they think one word so some of them have different words like you yeah. know slothful <laughs> you can make for some funny situations oh yeah yeah you have to Pick, you're describing one person and it rotates around the circle and uh, who is so-and-so and then everybody else picks, chooses from their hand, team player or take charge or party animal or princess and the pea. Some of them are, you, are a little tricky. You have to, you know, kind of use your imagination. Right. And, uh, but that makes it fun. Right. And yeah, we, and, and so then at the end, the way you win that round is why. Yeah. Um, well, the judge picks uh, each. There's a judge that rotates again and the judge will pick the card they like the best. Um, and then so whoever's card was chosen wins that round. They get the round winner card. So it is just like apples to apples. And it is really fun. And as I mentioned, it says ages 12 and up, but actually we played it with our nine year old grandson and uh he had a good time he just had some of the words like he maybe had to ask what does this mean you know if it was right, right. but, but yeah. what a great way yeah because those keywords are some yeah. of the words we use to describe the different personalities so exactly. like in a fun way they're learning yeah. themselves as well as and also when you see it's kind of eye-opening that 
uh, we have an idea of what we're like versus yeah. what other people think we're like. Right, exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we might be surprised. Yeah, that, that makes for the fun part of this game. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have been such a delight. As I said, you know, I see so much of this and we've had talks before about learning styles. Uh, this fits so beautifully into the idea that your child is is not a blank slate they have inherent dignity because they're a child of god right from the beginning and you know the temperament just shows us one of those other beautiful qualities so any parting words for us lorraine anything you'd like to leave these beautiful homeschool families here oh gosh well um just keep on homeschooling i think i think the world is getting crazier <laughs> and, uh, it's getting harder and harder you know to probably so it's like it's it's a wonderful thing that um all the homeschoolers are doing uh you know just however much you can you can make that individual kind of uh kind of tailoring your learning experience to the child i think is is a wonderful thing. Um, you know, the, the melancholic can use that quiet time. They'll, they'll need, they probably won't like their, their a sanguine sibling making all kinds of noise in, <laughs> in the same room. So, you know, you could send them like maybe the melancholic needs a room to, to work in quiet, whereas the sanguine can be right in the middle of things, <laughs> you know, things like that. It, there's all kinds of ideas uh, that you can, you can, use to help tailor the learning experience to your individual your different children yeah and that's how we bring the joy into it how oh, yes. we, yeah. you know, we know everybody feels this they're called to holiness just like we're you know called to homeschool <laughs> it may be that path for ourselves giving yeah. up our own you know ideas of what it should be by oh, yeah. bringing us all these different personalities of kids so great right right, right. Well, I want to thank you again, Lorraine. Um, you did mention to me that you have a new book coming out. So before we leave, tell me about the new book and again, where we can get it. Okay. That's also sophiainstitute.com where you can get the game and the other books. Um, but it's called A Little Way of Living with Less. Um, it's a um, reflections uh, based on St. Therese, the little flower. <laughs> and uh, it's about um, how can we declutter our lives and our souls <laughs> to kind of focus on what matters, uh, kind of get rid of some of the clutter that's in our lives. Yeah. Oh, that sounds beautiful. There is a lot of clutter with homeschooling as well, but never with books because you can never have enough books, right? <laughs> right. That's, that's right. Oh, and my homes, you know, here I am, my kids are all grown up and I still, some of the homeschooling things I've saved because yeah. I love them so much. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But you're right. It's, and that's simply, we want a simple life. I think God is, God's ways are simple. Yeah. We tend to complicate it. So exactly. I'm looking forward to that book. Uh, again, to our audience, um, all the links will be below this video. You can reach, I love, I did, we didn't mention, but you do have an online temperamentquiz.com. Yes. It's a great fun thing to do with your family. Get in there, see what you come up with. Um, it's kind of eye-opening as well, but gives you those tools to help you to all get along and be able to launch your children into the world. Well, I want to thank you all. Please join us in the Catholic homeschool community. That is our free off Facebook place where we gather together, we share these ideas. You can also reach us at the Catholic 
Homeschool podcast on our YouTube channel. Please subscribe. Please invite all your friends, invite people that are not even homeschooling because this is such like this beautiful temperament talk is something that we all can learn from and share. May God bless you abundantly. Thanks again, Lorraine. God Thank bless. you so much. Thank you so much. God bless. God bless. Thank you so much for watching. If you enjoyed this video, please consider liking it and subscribing to our YouTube channel. You can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Thank you, and have a blessed day.